Hello, and welcome to Heavenly Manor with Milton Harris. Now, on today's broadcast, we want to read from several different passages of Scripture, but we're going to begin here in the Old Testament in Zechariah chapter 14. And as we look in chapter 14, we're going to begin with verse number 1. He said, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. And let me say that the day of the Lord's coming and judgment coming upon this earth, it is coming. And thy spoils shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. That means that they're going to be laid desolate. And the women ravished. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity. And the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and on the Mount of in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a great, a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. Uh, here we see a picture of the Lord's literal return when he comes and sets foot upon the earth. Now, we know that he's coming uh, prior to this in the air, for Paul makes it very clear that uh, the dead in Christ, the saints, are going to rise, and we which are alive and remain will be called up together and meet him in the air. So we says not the same as here, as Zechariah prophesies, for you see uh, there, there's the picture of the rapture, us going up, the church going out of here. But here the Lord's literally going to return, he ascended up from the Mount of Olives. Go to Acts uh, chapter number 1, uh, read that around verse number 12. You'll find that it was the Mount of Olives where he ascended up. This is where he's literally coming back to. But we see a picture here at the end of the tribulation time when uh, all the nations, and we do know according to Matthew 25, as the judgment of nations takes place, that they will be a few that will not uh, there go against Israel. But as a whole, the world's nations are going to come against Israel. And we see that here. But we see that the Lord's going to fight their battle for them. And let me say, the Lord's going to fight the battle for them there when that day comes. He's going to fight the battle for them even today. And uh, I guess my thought today is the rise of anti-Semitism. The rise of anti-Semitism. You say, what is anti-Semitism? Well, that's the prejudice and discrimination against the Jewish people. And we see that on the rise today. We've got people going around screaming and hollering that uh, it was okay to cut babies' heads off and what make the parents watch and then slaughter the parents. Uh, uh, just a bloody bath butchers that came in and killed innocent people. Uh, they come in and killed young people and videoed it and, and sent it to their families and all this. I, I'm saying this is cruel. This is demonic. This is oh, horrible on a level that I, I guess I've never really seen in, in, in my lifetime. I, I don't know that there's been anything uh, since what Hitler did uh, there. Uh, it's been done that's this horrible. 
And uh, yes, uh, folks, I- I'm going to tell you, uh, they do need to be brought to justice. They, judges may to come, but I'm going to tell you this. If man doesn't judge them, God will. And I believe hell's going to be so hot for them and the torment's going to be so horrible. Oh, my goodness. But I'm going to tell you, there is the rise uh, there of this prejudice and hatred toward the Jewish people. And we see here that uh, this is taking place at the end of tribulation. And we can see the rise. I guess my point is this. How close must we be to going home, to going out of here and being with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? But I want to point some things out right quick uh, here in the Word of God and show that why God is not through with Israel uh, and why the church has not replaced Israel. I want to go back to Genesis chapter number 12 for just a moment. And uh, let's look here in the word of God. And the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, all families of the earth shall be blessed. It's through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, on down through David, and that lineage on down to uh, a stable there in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago when the Messiah came, and his name is Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, all the world is blessed because now the Messiah has come. Salvation has been made available. Even in the Old Testament day, it was available. They looked to the cross. You and I now look back to the cross, but salvation is available to all. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But God made a promise here that through that seed, through that lineage, through that line, we would all be blessed. And have we not all been blessed because of Jesus Christ? But he also made a everlasting covenant here. He made a unconditional covenant. And what I mean unconditional, it means that there's no conditions. God has said, I've said this, I've made it, and it's going to be. Uh, there is conditional covenants like the uh, Mosaic uh, covenant. There were Moses in the law. God said, if you will, I will. That's a conditional covenant. But here, this is an unconditional. Same with the Davidic covenant. When uh, he promised that they would be uh, from the lineage of David and Solomon, someone that would sit on the throne of David. Now, I'm going to tell you what. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, did not literally sit on the throne when he came in his first advent. But praise God, he will when he comes in his second advent fulfilling Isaiah uh, 7 and uh, Isaiah 9, fulfilling uh, what the angel Gabriel told Mary there in Luke chapter number 1. You know, the word of God's either true or it's false, but it is true, and he will sit in rule and reign. But here is this covenant God has made, and he said, those that bless thee, God said, I will bless. 
And I believe for years America's been blessed because we have stood with Israel. I want to tell you what, when we go against Israel, you will look, you look and see if the blessings of God don't just fully, fully get withdrawn. But he said, then I will curse them. That cursed thee. I really believe why the Middle East and those Arab countries in such uh, disarray, why there's always killing and violence and everything going on, because that they have brought a curse upon themselves uh, there because they have gone against God's people. And they keep uh, saying, come uh, there, come go our way, come go this way. And their way is a way that we've just seen uh, there. Their way is a way of butchering innocent babies. Their way is that of, of fighting and killing and murder and, and all. And they do it in the name of their God. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm serving one that says, I want to give you peace. I want to give you inward peace uh, there. Uh, something that their God cannot give. And I'm glad Jesus Christ come to give us that peace. And that's the difference. Jesus Christ uh, talks about blessed is the peacemaker, not blessed is the one that goes out and stirs up a fight and kills innocent people. I, listen, I want to tell you what, I'm serving a Lord that does not approve of what took place and will judge and will punish those that did it. But we see this anti-Semitism is on on the rise. Uh, and as we read in Zechariah, it, it makes me think we're getting that much closer, that much closer to going home. Now, I want to deal with this uh, thought process for just a moment uh, here that the church has replaced Israel. I'm going to tell you what, that is not scriptural. That is not truth. Uh the church has not replaced Israel. God made promises to Israel, to the Jews, and God has made promises to the church. And he will honor the promises he's made to uh, there to Israel and to the Jewish people. He'll honor the promises that he's made to the church and to the Christians. But we cannot take the promises of the Jews uh, there uh, for the church. Now, we can take some spiritual applications to some of the things uh, there, like Second uh, Chronicles 7, 14, we use all the time. Uh, there, there is a application, spiritual application that we can take, being God's people now, uh, how God, uh, if, if we'll, you know, turn from our wicked ways and all how God will hear and how he will help us. But it, that's a spiritual application. That's a promise that's been made to Israel, to the Jewish people. But we can, as a church, take a spiritual application to that. But we can't hold to that as the Jews can. And you see, there is a difference to the promises that God has made to Israel and to that that he's made of the church. We have not replaced Israel or the Jewish nation. I want to read something to you right quick uh, from Romans chapter number 11. And I want to tell you, if you want to know for sure that God's not through with Israel, Read Romans 9, 10, and 11. But here in Romans eleven twenty five, he said, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in 
and so all Israel shall be saved. Now, here, Paul makes it clear that right now Israel in part is blinded to the fullness of the Gentiles uh, there come to an end. Well, let's, let's look at this phrase, fullness of Gentiles, this moment. Let's go back, and we know that the uh, Israel nation split uh, there under uh, Rehoboam, and the ten tribes, uh, northern tribes, were called Israel, and the two tribes from Jerusalem, Judea, were called Judea. 722 B.C., the northern tribes went into Assyrian captivity, and then in around 612 B.C., the Babylonians defeated the Assyrians, and then in 605 B.C., the Babylonians began their first invasion into Jerusalem. Uh, they came back in, uh, I believe it was 597 and 586. Uh, there was the third and final invasion destroying Jerusalem. In 605 B.C., the times of the Gentiles began. And that times of the Gentiles will go all the way to the end of the seven-year tribulation. The fullness of the Gentiles began on the day of Pentecost when the church came into existence and then will end, the fullness of the Gentiles will end when the church is raptured out. That's the end of the fullness of the Gentiles. And so uh, he says that the blindness to that part. But then in the great tribulation, God begins to deal with Israel. And we see uh, there they begin to accept the Messiah and God begins to seal and so on and so forth. Uh, they're his people, and, and they turn to him during this time. And so we see, though, that anti-Semitism is going to rise. It's going to continue to go up. And at the end, uh, there was somewhere in the middle, that right after the middle, uh, we, we read in Ezekiel 38, 39, I believe it is, 37, 38, 39, where uh, there that uh, Russia and Iran will come. They will be defeated. But we find here at the end of the tribulation, uh, there, the, the big battle that takes place. And we find Russia and Iran once again coming from the north. Euphrates River drive up. We believe it's China coming from the east. They're going to fight but against Israel. But God uh, has said when Jesus returns, uh, when Jesus returns, he's going to defeat all those armies Oh, when he comes back. Oh, listen, folks, we need to support the Jews. We need to pray for them during this uh, difficult time. Well, I'm out of time. May the Lord bless you is our prayer.